Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, I'm going to talk about Wildcard for Game Week 8. So what I'm going to do is go through the draft that I've come up with... And then I'm going to talk about whether or not I'm going to wildcard and why I currently haven't hit the button. Okay, so that's going to come at the end because I think it's worth looking at the draft and then comparing it to my current team. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Otherwise, let's jump into it. So let's take a look at the defensive options. And I'm still in a 3-5-2 formation. I know some people are considering 3-4-3 and I think it could work. But I'm still not convinced it's the best way to go. And I'll discuss that a bit more when we get to the forwards. In terms of the picks, I think some of these are going to be standard across most wildcard drafts that you see. In goal, I've got Ariola. I think West Ham's fixtures for the long term are very good. I mean, Newcastle at home isn't necessarily ideal. I think Newcastle's such a good attacking side, they can definitely score in that game. But it's not like there's many goalkeepers that are keeping massive amounts of clean sheets anyway so if we just look at the fixtures West Ham have after Newcastle it's Villa away then it's then they get to play I won't go through the home and away but it's Villa Everton Brentford Forest Burnley Palace then Spurs which is tricky then it's Fulham Wolves then it's Man United Arsenal Brighton so that little spell from game weeks 18 to 20 again is a bit difficult but then it's Sheffield United Bournemouth so overall the fixtures for West Ham are good for a very long time and a 4.2 million is one of the cheapest playing goalkeepers you can get anyway. And if I just look at the goalkeepers um, ordered by clean sheets here, you know, Johnston, Leno, Edison and Pope have got three. No other goalkeeper's got more than that. Everyone else is just two, one, or in the case of Jordan Pickford, zero so far. So I think Ariola is a pretty obvious pick. On the bench, I've gone for Turner because he is the next best cheap playing goalkeeper he could lose his place at some point because obviously Forrest have brought uh, Vlahadamos in as well I'm always worried about exactly how much I'm going to butcher that name um, and Turner Turner's performance at the weekend wasn't great I would say obviously he probably should have given a penalty away uh, for Wisser didn't really cover himself in, in glory for the goal as well so there's always that slight worry there but I think it makes the most sense just to have him in case he does keep his place. If you're really tight on funds, and for this draft with my team value, I've got nothing in the bank, 
you could drop him down to a 3.9 million goalkeeper just to have that bit extra to spend and just hope that Ariola keeps his place for the whole season, which I think is quite likely for what it's worth. Um, and if you have to make a goalkeeper transfer down the line, it's not the end of the world. So that's goalkeepers. In terms of the defenders, I think Matt Cash has to be on there. The fixtures for Villa over the next five to six weeks look really good. Very attacking. I was concerned about his minutes in pre-season. I've got that wrong, although I do think that was in some ways helped with injuries. Moreno took a long time to get back. Obviously, Mings is out as well. Diego Carlos has had some issues too. But right now, I just think going for any other Villa defender apart from you know, being really stuck for funds is just overthinking. Cash is the one to go for. Luca Dean would be a nice option if Moreno wasn't going to be at back at some point. I think it has to be Matt Cash. Again, Villa's fixtures um, for the next few. You've got Wolves away, West Ham at home. Then in game week 10, it's great. Luton at home, Forest away, Fulham at home. Spurs away in 13, not as good. But then it's Bournemouth away in 14. And if you can bench him for a few weeks after that, you get Brentford away 17, Sheffield United at home in 18, which is going to be a blank game week for Brentford and Man City. And you got Burnley at home in 20. Basically, if Cash keeps his place and keeps getting minutes, you could probably hold on to him for quite a long time. So he looks good. Um, I still think a Newcastle defender is decent. And again, they've got good fixtures now. Then it gets a bit trickier. And then after kind of game weeks 14, 15, they, they come good again. So I think for his price, Dan Burn at 4.5 million is looking pretty good. I haven't gone for Trippier because there's just not enough money. If you want to set up differently and have Trippier, no issues with that whatsoever. Uh, and I think Fabian Scher, again, if you've got the cash, is worth it over Burn. But for this draft, money is tight, so that's who I've gone for. And obviously, Botman is injured at the moment and probably not back until game week nine at the earliest. So after saying that Dan Burn was my fourth choice for Newcastle defenders... He would now be in the wildcard draft that I would pick. And then I've gone through Doggy at Spurs, Luton away this week, Fulham at home the week after. And I think if you got stuck with him, it's not the end of the world. He's a pretty good option. Um, but after that, you could get rid if you've got a spare transfer to move on to a defender with better fixtures as well. And on the bench, I've gone for Charlie Taylor. He is 3.9 million at Burnley. Now, I'm a little bit concerned about his long-term minutes because he didn't start the season but he started the last three matches we'll see if he starts against Luton on Tuesday as well if he does I think he's currently first choice and I think it's probably worth that risk if you want to be certain about minutes because you don't want to be wasting chances on your fifth choice defender in your in your squad then you probably just go for Jordan Bayer instead and just pay that extra 0.1 million. But again, not to keep going over this, money is quite tight with this draft. So I've gone for Taylor. Most of the time, you're not going to play him. The only thing I would be slightly conscious of, and it is a long way away, but Man City and Brentford have got that blank in game week 18. And if you're not going to free hit that week, and we'll discuss whether that's worth it when we get closer to the game week, you're probably going to have Harden. He's going to need benching. Brentford's fixtures before and after are good, and they might have a double game week in game week 20 or 21. So even though right now you might not want him, you might need him Burmo at some point, and suddenly you're having to bench a bunch of players, the ones that are on your bench, you're going to need to play. So Archer, fine. Estupinian, fine. Taylor, you'd probably want him to be you know, available for game week 18, even if the fixture in that week is probably not that great. Uh, it is, yeah, it's Fulham away. So it's okay, right? So yeah, someone like that could be good. But if you've got the money, I probably would just go for Bayer. I think the interesting thing there is that you're not going to get a huge amount of points from Burnley defenders anyway. But if Taylor does play, he's probably better than Bayer. That's the interesting dilemma here. Are his minutes as good? If you think they are, he probably is just a better option than Bayer because he's probably going to be more attacking. And then in this draft, I've gone for Estupinian, even though he's got Liverpool at home, Man City away. The fixtures from game week 10 are very good. 
and obviously you're wildcarding now you're not going to wildcard again for a very long time you need to be thinking about future game weeks the other defender you could have there who would be a bit cheaper is an Arsenal one. So you could go for Saliba, but to save some money, you've got Zinchenko and Gabriel. Now, maybe their minutes aren't quite as good as Saliba, but it does look like that's the first choice back for Nat right now. And Gabriel is only 4.7 million. So you just need to decide whether you want the Brighton or the Arsenal defender, but that slot would be reserved for someone more long-term. I think Cash, Burn, and Udogi, you can definitely play in eight and nine. It's 10, 10 onwards that I'm looking at there. And I think Brighton... No clean sheets so far, but they are going to get some at some point, right? They're not going to go the whole season with no clean sheets. And Eschapini is so good for attacking potential. I know he's just got a minus two. That's not going to happen every week. From game week 10, it's Fulham at home, Everton away, Sheffield United at home, Forest away, Chelsea away in 14. Maybe, maybe not a bit trickier. Brentford at home, 15. Burnley at home, 16. Like, only one fixture from game weeks 10 to 16 would you not want to play or even think about not playing Estupinian. Outside of that, he's great. And even in game week 18, it's Crystal Palace away. And the fixtures after that are very good as well. So he's just a really good long-term pick. Again, money might be a struggle for you. If you already hit the wildcard button on Saturday night, then you've probably got more money to spend than me because you would have caught the price rises and price drops. Uh, obviously, I haven't done that. But I do think that Estupinian over an Arsenal defender is probably a bit more exciting, even though Arsenal were obviously a better defence. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So in midfield, unless you're going to go for a strategy where you just don't own Mo Salah at all, I think four of the five players pretty much pick themselves. And that is Salah, Diaby, Son and Madison. If I was wildcarding this week, I could pretty much guarantee that those four players would be in the final draft. Unless they get ruled out through injury or something like that. The only player to really think about is the fifth midfielder. Now, I've gone for Eze, and I'll talk about him in a minute. But obviously, you've got Ward, Prowse, and Bowen for a bit more money. Uh, West Ham have got really good fixtures, especially from game week 10 onwards. You could even go cheaper as well. So, Anthony Gordon at Newcastle, Pedro Neto at Wolves. There's a lot of options. But in my opinion, only for that final spot. The other four players, I just wouldn't want to go without. Um, just quickly on Anthony Gordon... He is suspended for game week eight because he's picked up five yellow cards already, just like Nicholas Jackson. But he'd be fine from nine onwards. And because Harvey Barnes has been ruled out for two to three months, Gordon's minutes should be pretty good. It's not that Eddie Howe can't set up Newcastle in a way that Gordon gets benched. But I think it's not likely to happen that often. He seems to be first choice on the left wing. He can also play right wing. And I just don't see Isaac on the left and Wilson through the middle happening that often. So Gordon looks great. And the nice thing is, if you really want him, you can have Cameron Archer on the bench in the 3-5-2. And he's got Fulham away this week. So you just play him this week and bench Gordon. And then you've got Gordon ready from nine onwards. So he is an option. In terms of the other four picks, 
I just think Son and Madison take, uh, make too much sense to leave out. Like, sometimes the obvious picks are just the best. They got Luton away this week, then it's Fulham at home. And I sometimes think on a wild card, because you now don't have the chip to bail you out for a very long time, you've got to think about how you would feel if you got stuck with certain players. And look, the next two game weeks are definitely the best fixtures for Spurs. But after that, it's Palace away, Chelsea at home, Wolves away, and Villa at home. If you got stuck with those players, it wouldn't be the end of the world. And when you think of the alternatives, you've got Saka. Well, he's yellow flagged. He'll probably be fine for Man City at home because he always plays and it's such a big game. But I think with his high ownership, Man City at home, Chelsea away is the perfect time to bet against him. You can just have a plan to get him in later on instead. Man United midfielders, I don't think many people are going to wildcard this week and put them in, right? They haven't impressed, so not many people want them. Outside of that, there's not really many other players to look at. So I think Son and Madison look great. I would just have a plan for how and when you get Saka back because Arsenal's fixtures from game week 10 onwards are very good. Uh, we probably shouldn't order that. There we go. Let me just find Saka here. So it's Sheffield United at home game week 10. To be fair, they've got Newcastle away in game week 11. So if you couldn't get him in until game week 12 onwards, it wouldn't necessarily be the end of the world. But you're probably going to want him either in 10 or 12. I know that he keeps giving away penalties, but he's still going to take a few. He's nailed on. His numbers are looking fantastic still. He just looks like an obvious player to have at some point. Because from 12 onwards, it's Burnley at home, Brentford away, Wolves at home, Luton away. You're going to want him, I think, at some point, either game week 10 or 12. In this draft, I haven't got much money. So Son to Saka is one option. If you've got a bit more cash to spend... You could leave a bit in the bank to do Madison to Saka in game week 10. That's another option that I would look at. But either way, I would have Son and Madison. With Salah, he's a genuine captain uh, option over the next few weeks. Not necessarily every week, but there are weeks coming up where you could consider it. Possibly even in game week 8. I know not many people are talking about this, but I think Haaland away to Arsenal, look, he's always a good option every time he plays. But if you're ever going to back against him, this is the week to do it. And the obvious player that most people are going to go to is Son at Spurs for Luton away. But if there's any doubts around him, because he has come off early the last couple of games and looked in a bit of discomfort um, after the Liverpool game as well, then surely Sack is the next, next best option. Brighton, no clean sheet so far. Just got smashed 6-1 um, by Villa. And obviously Liverpool have looked great, Salah in particular, nailed on penalties, all that stuff we love about him. That's probably the next best captain. But even outside of that, like game week nine, if you wanted to back against Haaland for Brighton at home, you could go uh, Liverpool at home to Everton. Game week 10, Haaland's got Man United away. Now, I know on paper it looks great, and everyone remembers when Haaland smashed Man United last year, but that was the home game. Away to Man United, he blanked. And Arsenal have got Sheffield United at home, and Liverpool have Forest at home. So there are other options there. So Salah would be in for me. Do I think it's viable to go without him? Yes. Do I think it's viable to go without Haaland? Yes. Would I do either of those things? Probably not, but that's just me. Uh, and then Diaby, I've already spoken about Villa's fixtures. Um, they're great. He looks pretty nailed. Minutes look good. I just think he's a fantastic option. And because there are so many 6.5 to kind of 7 million midfielders, you could always move him on later on if needed. Just quickly on Eze, he doesn't have many returns so far this season. I think anyone that's owned him is probably pretty frustrated. He's got one goal, one assist in seven matches. Not ideal, but I think his underlying numbers are a little bit better 
than what he's produced so far. Plus, he's on penalties. So as soon as he gets a couple of them, he'll suddenly look like a much better option. And I was actually looking at midfielder stats on Fantasy Football Hub. And as always, if you want to check this out for yourself, there are links in the description below to get signed up. And if we just put it to midfielders up to 7 million over this season so far, and I've gotten rid of players that haven't played a huge amount of minutes and we order it by non-penalty expected goals in Burmo's right up there 0.41 Solly March at 0.46 this is per 90 minutes Eze is kind of the next one that people are going to be looking at at 0.33 so that's even higher than someone like Diaby and he does take a lot of shots often from range so sometimes it's kind of low quality expected goal shots that he's taking but overall he just seems like a pretty solid player that maybe hasn't quite delivered what we would have expected, but he is capable of doing more. And if we look at the fixtures for someone like Eze, it's a little bit of a annoying time to bring him in because Nottingham Forest at home isn't too bad, but then it's Newcastle away and Spurs at home, which isn't ideal. But after that, it's Burnley away, Everton home, Luton away, uh, West Ham away and Bournemouth at home. So I feel like as a long-term pick, from 8 to 15, he's not too bad. If you want someone better in the short term, there are other players you can obviously go for. But if you're prepared to hold on to him for a while, for a player that you're never going to worry about starting, he is on penalties and stuff like that, his underlying numbers look pretty good, I think he's a decent enough option. It all comes down to how much money you've got to spend. But the other four, like I said, they're just pretty obvious to go for. And then up front, I've gone for Ollie Watkins and Erling Haaland. Now, just on Haaland, some people have asked whether or not it's viable to go without him on Game Week 8 wildcard. And I think the answer to that question is yes. The answer to the question, would I do it, is definitely no. Because I know I'm going to want him back at some point. And there are some fixtures over the next four game weeks where I probably would captain him as well. The reason that I say it's viable is because Man City are about to come into a trickier fixture run than what they've had. And we know that Man City are the best team in the league. We know that Haaland is the best forward in the league. He'll probably still get returns. But the chances of him getting such big returns are definitely minimised, right? If we look at the fixtures they've got, it's Arsenal away this week, Brian at home in nine, then it's Man United away, Bournemouth at home, Chelsea away, Liverpool at home, and Spurs at home. So Brian at home, fine. Bournemouth at home, fine. The other fixtures are a little bit tougher. And I checked the corresponding games last season. I tweeted about it yesterday. And obviously things have changed, right? City have got different players. Other teams have got different players. This isn't a perfect comparison. I wouldn't use this anyway to decide whether or not to keep Harlem. But I thought it was interesting enough to tweet about. So in Arsenal away, he got one goal. Brian at home, he got two. Bearing in mind, that's only two game weeks away. Man United away, he blanked. Bournemouth at home, he got one assist. Although that is the game, if I recall correctly, where Foden should have squared the ball to him and he didn't. It would have been a tap-in, open goal. But whatever, one assist. He blanked against Chelsea away. Liverpool at home, he didn't play. And then Spurs at home was one goal as well. So he got five returns in those seven games, right? Can he get more than that this season? Of course he can. I'm just trying to point out that fixtures do matter, even for Erling Haaland. Um, and I just think over the next few weeks, there are game uh, sorry, there are game weeks where you could go against him. Game week eight is one. Even in game week nine, where he's got Brighton at home, you could go for Salah uh, against Everton at home. Game week ten, he's got Man United away. You could go for Salah against Forest at home, Saka against Sheffield United at home. Game week eleven, he's got Bournemouth at home. Now, personally, I'd want to captain him in that. But like I've already said, Salah's got Luton away. That is an option. Game week 12, he's got Chelsea away. Man United have got Luton at home. You could look to bring in Rashford or Fernandes if they're looking good. Saka's got Burnley at home. Son's got Wolves away. Liverpool have got Brentford at home. 
Game week 13, him and Salah play against each other and Haaland's at home. So that week, you would say that he's better than Salah. And elsewhere, there's not necessarily too many standouts, but you could go Saka away to Brentford. You could go Son at home to Villa. Uh, Game week 14, Spurs at home. Who have Liverpool got? Fulham at home. I would say Salah's better. So there are plenty of reasons why you could look to go against him, but I know I would want him back and I don't want to leave myself in a position where... I'm kind of stuck. And also, when I look at this draft, do I feel like I've made lots of compromises to get Salah and Haaland in? Probably not. What upgrades would I make if I dropped him? I'd probably have Trippier over Burn. Like, he's an upgrade. I'd probably look at having another Liverpool player, probably Trent Alexander-Arnold, ready for when their fixture swing happens. Is that enough to drop Haaland? It could be. Right, And if people go against him, I wish them the best of luck. But for me, it's not enough. And also, which forward would you go for? Like, I know people really like Darwin Nunez at the moment. And I think looking at Liverpool players is great because the fixtures are decent. But unless Gakpo's out for a while, I'm always going to be worried about his minutes. He was benched after the last international break. Well, Game Week 9, Everton at home is a 12.30 kickoff. And it's after the international break. So that's already a doubt for Nunez, I would say. And then four weeks later... There's another international break. Now, I can't remember when Liverpool are playing that week. Uh, I think it is game week. Let me just check here. Oh, yeah, sorry. Game week nine. Then it's going to be game week 13, isn't it? Yeah, game week 13. Liverpool aren't playing until three o'clock on Saturday. But the games haven't been rearranged then. So we don't know when they're playing. But that could be another issue. So you could go for Alvarez, maybe. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right to not have Harden in there. I think it's viable, but I wouldn't do it. That's the long and short. I won't keep rambling on about that. With Ollie Watkins, is this a big knee jerk because he's just got a hat-trick against Brighton? Yes, but I also think it's kind of the perfect storm that if I was wildcarding this week, it probably would make sense to have Watkins and then downgrade him later on because of how good Villa's fixtures are. Obviously, he doesn't have penalties, which isn't great, and he has been substituted a little bit earlier in some games than we would have expected last season. But he is still pretty much nailed on to start. And Villa are such a good attacking team. I think it makes sense. Like this week you get Wolves away instead of Alvarez against Arsenal away. In game week nine when Alvarez has got Brighton at home. um, uh, Watkins has got West Ham at home. And then after that as we know. The fixtures are Luton at home. Forest away. Fulham at home. So after that maybe you look to move on to another forward. But at that point maybe Alvarez isn't even the next best choice. Maybe it makes sense to go somewhere else instead. So I think if I was wildcarding in game week 10, even though that's when Villa's three really good fixtures are, I'm not sure I would definitely have him just because of how I would want to set up the overall team. But I think this week I would. And I know it's only two game weeks difference, but these things do change over the space of just a couple of weeks. But I think it makes a lot of sense to have him. I guess the key player that's being dropped that a lot of people have only just bought in is Trippier. So you could go for Alvarez instead of Watkins and Trippier instead of Burn, and then maybe shift a bit more money around. But then I've got to, then you've got to ask yourself: Is it worth wildcarding if you're making less changes? And maybe it is. It's going to be very team dependent, etc. But yeah, overall, I think that looks pretty good. I did check the team on the my team tour on Fantasy Football Hub. You can check this for free, by the way. Links in the description below, as always. Uh, it comes out at ninety five percent. 
Now, it does want to captain Harden over Son or Salah. I don't necessarily agree with that. But overall, the team looks pretty solid. In game week nine, obviously, it looks great as well. Your three defenders that you would play this week then all have home games. You could play Turner instead of Ariola as well if he's still got his place against Luton at home. I mean, there's no risk, really, in just starting him. And if he doesn't play, you get Ariola off the bench anyway. So you're not having to make a transfer until game week 10. And even in game week 10, all your, all your fixtures look pretty decent and so if you've got the luxury of making a move you can start to think about maybe moving spurs players on and stuff like that so i think the draft looks pretty good um, and that is probably roughly what i would go with let me know what you think about it in the comments below and now i'm going to chat about whether or not i should wildcard this week so i'm going to run through my team and compare it to the wildcard draft that i've just come up with and essentially discuss why i haven't yet hit the wildcard button because some people are wondering like what is the deciding factor how do we know whether to wildcard and i would say there's not usually like a set of criteria that you have to meet it's going to be different for every individual but i guess ultimately it's about how many extra points you can get right how many changes do i want to make or need to make and how many extra points is that going to get me and if the answer is quite a lot then maybe this is the week to wildcard for you i think some of the reasons that people have gone in game week eight is because they've got a lack of spurs players and they want to target Luton away fulham at home i think they're sick of man united players they're probably sick of brian in burmo as well if they've got pickford they're definitely sick of him so there's quite a few changes they can make and they can get spurs players and also i think Maybe it's a bit harsh to say there was a bit of panic, but I think one of the deciding factors was a lot of the players in Game Week 8 wildcard are going to be the same in Game Week 10, and a lot of those players are changing in price. So it's about team value as well. I'm not necessarily sure that's the reason to wildcard, but I think that was a deciding factor that made people kind of hit the button. For me, if I do decide by the end of the week I need to wildcard, obviously it's going to be frustrating that I haven't caught those price rises, but that shouldn't be a reason not to hit the button if I decide that that's the way to kind of go. So let's run through the team. So in goal, I've got Pickford at home. Uh, Pickford at home to Bournemouth. Obviously, he's been a bad pick. The outcome has been awful. Is Pickford against Bournemouth at home that much worse than, let me just go back to game week eight, Ariola against Newcastle at home? I would say no, right? I think, would I want Ariola long-term? Absolutely. Do I care about having him for Newcastle at home? Not really. So goalkeeper's not a problem. I've got Trippier in the wildcard draft is Dan Burn. Trippier is definitely the better option. Obviously, over a couple of game weeks, you would really need the bonus and the attacking returns to come in for Trippier to warrant that extra price because they're both going to get the clean sheets anyway. But if you could pick between the two, money, no factor, obviously you'd go for Trippier. So I've got the better option there. And I've got Udogi, same as I would have on wildcard. Pedro Porro is definitely an option as well, if you've got more money to spend, but I just don't have it for that draft. And then this is where the issues kind of crop up. Sven Botman on my bench, who's now injured, has caused a lot of issues. That's actually another reason a lot of people have wildcarded, because they were going to play him this week, but now they can. And most people's other defenders just don't have great fixtures. So for me, it's Estupinian against Liverpool at home or Kabori against Spurs at home, neither of which are ideal. But obviously, I could use a free transfer, get rid of Estupinian, and either bring in cash, right, or, which which is on what, let's just put cash in, right? I'll discuss my other moves on team selection. I could just put cash in. So at that point, I would actually argue my defense is better than the wildcard draft, because I think Pope against Bournemouth at home is maybe slightly better than Ariola against Newcastle at home. Like West Ham better defence, but Newcastle better attack. And Trippier is definitely better than Burn. Midfield is where the real problems start. So I've already got Son. I don't have Madison. 
And because I've got to make a defender transfer, Saka to Madison would be a hit, so I probably wouldn't do that. So I'd keep Saka at home to Man City instead of having Madison away to Luton. Could Saka outscore him? It's possible. He's on penalties. Well, mostly on penalties. It is a home fixture, but it's not great. For me, it's really Fernandez, Rashford, and Burmo. That's where I'm putting my hope because I could have Eze, Diaby, and Salah. And on paper, I definitely think that looks better. I'm massively worried about Burmo. He played very wide against Nottingham Forest. Wasn't really in the box at all. Could have had a penalty, and then maybe I'd think differently. But he is a little bit of a concern. But in game week nine, he's got Burnley at home. And Rashford and Fernandez have been awful. I wouldn't put them on wildcard. I wouldn't begrudge anyone that wants to sell them. But they are still two players that we know can get points on their day. Like Fernandez, for example, got 10 points literally last week, right? In game week six. And in fact, fun fact for you, not really that fun. Um, Fernandez has outscored Salah last two game weeks, right? Only by one point, but it all counts, right? Yes, not great. But is that worth a wild card? That's the question. And for some people, the answer is yes. People are screaming at the screen right now saying, you've got to wild card. What are you even talking about? I get that. But I th- basically what I think, I don't want to ramble too much here. I think the Game Week 8 wildcard draft definitely outscores my team in Game Week 8 because I think Salah, Diaby, and Eze are definitely better than Imbermo, Rashford, and Fernandez, and Watkins is better than Alvarez. But in Game Week 9, I don't necessarily think it's the case because Imbermo's got Burnley at home, Rashford's got Sheffield United away, and obviously so does Fernandez, and Alvarez has got Brighton at home. They all look pretty good. I've still got Trippier instead of Danburn. I can play Turner instead of Pickford. And if I've if I don't have to make a goalkeeper transfer or anything like that, I can sell Saka and get Madison. So then I'm pretty close to the wild card team anyway. Um if not slightly better. Like I'd rather have in Burma, Rashford, and Fernandez in game week nine than probably Salah, Diaby, and uh Eze. Now that could be famous last words. I could look like a right idiot. But keeping them for Sheffield United away was always the plan. So I think my team looks pretty good in game week nine. And obviously the beauty then is, in game week 10, I've got the wild card and I can just do something a little bit different than maybe people do in game week 8. So for for my team, I personally think it's quite a close call and I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think I could wild card and that could be a good decision. And I think if I don't wild card and I get a bit of luck, that will also look like a good decision. That's why I've not yet hit the button. And I think in game week, just to go to the wild card team, in game week 10, it looks perfectly fine, right? There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. But I do think I would do things a little bit differently, right? I wouldn't have Udogi. I wouldn't have double Spurs attack. I'd probably go for a cheaper forward than Watkins. And to be fair, having Watkins for Luton at home is not a problem. But having that cheaper player means I can probably get Bowen instead of Eze. There's just enough changes that I would make to maybe warrant holding on to it especially if my players do the business in eight and nine and outscore that game week eight wild card again it could go wrong i could be on less points but that is kind of just how i feel about it at the moment i think on those 50 50s you just got to realize it's football it's fpl it can go wrong or it can go massively right i don't, I don't whether or not there's enough changes on game week 10 wildcard to warrant holding on to it maybe there isn't and and one thing that i am worried about is if I don't wildcard an eight, I feel like I do have to wait until nine because I'm not going to want to wildcard my team when it looks like that in game week nine, right? It just looks so good. I'm not going to want to wildcard it. So then I've got to wait an extra week and I could miss out on even more price raises. So all I'll say is don't be completely surprised if I wildcard by the end of the week. But right now I'm leaning no wildcard. 
I just want to leave my options open in game week 10, where I do think there's going to be a bit more variation. I think this week, I think Ariola, Burn, Cash, Udogi, either Eshupinian or Gabriel on the bench, and then the four midfielders I've spoken about, and Harden and Watkins, they almost pick themselves. I think you're going to see those players in most wildcard drafts. On game week 10, I think there's going to be a bit more variation. And if things go well before that's going to then feel pretty good to be able to differentiate my team a little bit more in game week 10. But you know what? It could go massively wrong. If you've enjoyed that video, make sure to give it a like and hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Make sure to check out Fantasy Football Hub as well. Links in the description below. And if you're listening on podcasts, please do rate five stars. Appreciate all the support, whatever platform you're watching or listening on. I'll catch you again tomorrow for transfer tips. Sports Social Podcast Network.